I would speak to you in the name of the living God, who was and is and is to come, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Good morning. Even with the incredibly bad weather we have passed through this weekend and the cold temperatures we are still clinging to this morning, today, brothers and sisters, is a very good day. Not only is it the Lord's Day, which is always a day of the week that we Christians should call good and should set aside to give thanks and worship to God, but this Sunday is also the feast day our church is named for. This is the Sunday closest to All Saints Day. So that means it is All Saints Sunday, our patronal feast day. And that makes it a very good day to be together as a family and to give thanks for our church, which is dedicated as it is to all the saints of God. As I know I've told everyone so many an All Saints Sunday past, this is by far my favorite day of the entire church calendar. Yes, I love Christmas Eve, and of course, I love every part of Holy Week and Easter, but I love All Saints Sunday just as much because I believe it is this special day that can pull all the important components of those highest of Christian feast days together and make them real and present to all of us who are living in the world now. You see, what Christ did for this world all those years ago with his birth, his life, his death and resurrection really comes closest to the church today and to you and me when we experience it firsthand in the life and death of the saints. And not just the life and death of those famous saints we all know, like dear old Saint Francis freezing out there in front of the church, or maybe a Saint Joan of Arc, but also, and maybe even more importantly, those saints of God we've actually known, those saints we've lived alongside, and those saints we've struggled with in our own personal lives. In the Roman Catholic tradition from which all we churches in the Western world come, it is only those famous saints carved into icons and remembered in hagiography and storybooks who are celebrated on November 1st, the feast of all saints each year. To be a Roman Catholic means you need to wait just one more day until November the 2nd before you begin remembering and offering prayers for all the other saints and souls of the faithful departed. Those prayed for and remembered on what's often called All Souls Day and the days that follow in that rich and beautiful Mexican tradition of the Day of the Dead that's now part of our own culture, La Dia de los Muertos. Those are the souls of the faithful departed we remember the most from our families and our friends and our fellow church members who have died. What I love so much about our more Protestant understanding of All Saints Day as Anglican Christians is that we break down this wall of separation and bring all the faithful departed together, both the famous saints along with those saints only we know and remember that played a role in our own spiritual lives. And this is also why we move All Saints Day to the first Sunday that follows November 1st, to bring all those saints of God together for the same commemoration and celebration. And we find our scriptural backing for doing this, combining of saints chiefly from the New Testament and the Bible. 
It is particularly in the letters of the Apostle Paul, as well as in the writings of St. John and in the Acts of the Apostles, where we find the Greek word for saint, hagios, in the New Testament. And saint is a title in the Bible that is given to everyone who is in the church of God and not just those who are the most holy or the most prophetic of its members. Luckily for us, that doesn't necessarily mean that you and me have to be on the same moral, spiritual, and religious stature as St. Francis of Assisi or St. Teresa of Calcutta, thanks be to God. Certainly those men and women and many, many more like them from the Christian past have worked hard and they deserve to wear the title, and dare I say it, the halo of a saint with a capital S. But what that same word saint means with a small s is to assure us that you and me and every one of us who are baptized and marked as Christ's own forever and who are struggling today to be Christ's disciples are equally created to be saints of God too. And certainly those disciples of Christ who walked before us, who we once were blessed to stand alongside, belong to the church's list today of Christian saints as well. Whether it be our parents, our grandparents, a sister or a brother, or even a husband or a wife or a child, or even a lost friend who we've lost. If those who have left us to cross over that veil and be with God helped us to find our faith, and to hold on to it and inspired and taught us about God or even struggled with us from time to time in this life of faith, then they are saints still. Believe me, brothers and sisters, those fellow saints are right now gathered around the altar in heaven with all the saints of ages past, and they are praising God and they are worshiping with you and me right now this morning. And you better believe that each and every one of them is cheering you on this morning. And they're longing for that day when we will all finish that race and join them on that wonderful mountain that the prophet Isaiah describes as being where death itself will finally be swallowed up forever. This is what All Saints Sunday is all about. And man, what a great day that is for every single one of us in heaven and on earth. And what a blessing it is that this beloved church is forever named after all the saints of God. The week leading up to this great feast day is always a week when I take some time to try to remember every single person who we've lost in this church over this last year. With COVID, that's been a lot harder this year, both mentally and emotionally for me than it has been in years past. Some of those we have lost over this past year were people I came to know and love when I first arrived eight years ago who over time were moved into assisted living or homebound. And some of them were wonderful people I only really got to know over the past few years and sadly did not have the time I wished I'd had to spend with them. And of course, some of them were those I came to call my personal friends who have been with me just about every step of my way here at All Saints. As all of those names and faces were passing back through my mind over these last few days, I honestly found this morning's gospel reading 
from St. John, that powerful story of Jesus arriving in Bethany four days after his beloved friend Lazarus has died, more moving for me than it's ever been before. Jesus comes into Bethany knowing what has happened and what he must do. And of course, we know this story and how it's all going to play out. But this year, what I noticed more profoundly than any of the rest of it is how Jesus himself is overwhelmed with sadness when he meets Lazarus' sister Mary and experiences the loss of a brother. And it is especially surprising to find Jesus so emotional because in all of the Gospels, it tends to be John's Gospel where Jesus walks around floating on air a lot more divine and godlike than any of the others. From the very beginning, Jesus moves through John's Gospel story on a heavenly mission, performing amazing miracles and revealing signs every step of the way that he knows where he's going and that he knows what will occur when he gets there. We're even told in the verses that begin chapter 11 that Martha and Mary sent a letter to Jesus and informed him of Lazarus' illness and that Jesus chose to wait two extra days before he set out to go to Bethany because as Jesus proclaims, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Yet friends, in this morning's readings... When Jesus finally arrives in Bethany, when he realizes the sadness, just like you and me, when we have someone we love so much, Jesus, the gospel said, becomes greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. And it is just after that that the gospel tells us in those famous words, Jesus wept. Brothers and sisters, I want you to think about that for just a moment. Jesus, the Son of God, breaks down in tears this morning for his beloved Lazarus. Even though Jesus knows how this story will end, Jesus steps into the sadness that we must all walk through. And he is overcome with the same grief at the loss and death that is inflicted upon his saints. For surely Lazarus was one of those saints, just as you and me are God's saints and all those that we have loved and lost. Jesus weeps, I believe, because he is saddened to see all those created by God walking through this valley of the shadow of death. It saddens Jesus and it drives home the mission that God has set upon him that he should go out and overcome this grief and sadness and rid this creation of sin and death. Jesus, of course, goes then to the tomb of Lazarus. And after he's wiped away the tears from his own eyes, he calls for that stone to be rolled away. And then Jesus cries out for Lazarus to come out. I tell you, I cannot imagine what that process must have been like his death heard the words of Jesus and is driven away and Lazarus's body begins to warm again the blood begins flowing moving through his hardened veins and breath suddenly expands his lungs once more I can't understand it but that's exactly what I believe 
truly happens. Jesus calls out his beloved friend Lazarus. And that great saint of God walks out alive from that cold tomb. The gospel tells us that hanging off of Lazarus in that moment, like some horrifying scene from the night of the living dead, there's a mess of cloth wrappings around his body and his own burial shroud still draped over his head and face. As I read that verse again this morning, it reminds me of how overwhelming and restrictive the fear that we carry of death is upon all of us, especially after what we've all been through over these last 18 months and before that. It is that fear of death that binds us and the threat of dying that can cover over every single living human being. For if we allow it to do so, death always seems to be creeping up behind us, ready to rob us at any minute of those we love, if not to rob us of our own life as well. But the words Jesus says this morning, brothers and sisters, after a Lazarus emerges from death, I believe are still the words Jesus is saying to you and to me and to all the saints of God who believe in him. It's why we can call this day a day in which we will read the names of those beloved who've died over this past year, a good day. For Jesus says to those standing around in shock of seeing a dead man walk out of the tomb, unbind him and let him go. Those words are very short. They're very concise. And Jesus says them to a man draped and bound in his own clothing of death, unbind him and let him go. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying to us on this All Saints Sunday and every day when death itself tries to grab a hold of us. For those who have died through Jesus Christ, they have already been unbound of death's bindings and they have been set free to be in the wonderful presence of God who defeated death once and for all for you and for me and for all the saints of God. When Jesus also walked out of sadness into death itself on that cross, and then he destroyed death and walked out of his own tomb. And if we can continue to follow these great and beloved saints who've gone before us, those saints whose names we are about to read, those saints whose story we've heard before, those saints who perhaps only you know this morning, those saints who are praying for you and for me and cheering us on right now. If we can just hand all of our fear like they have done and their worry over to Jesus, then we too will have the hope of hearing Jesus say to us, maybe even right now, unbind them and let them all go free. That's what this holy day, I believe, proclaims for us each and every time it arrives, each and every time it arrives, it reminds us that death cannot rob us of the hope and promise Jesus Christ gives us. And that makes this day a wonderfully good day. I want to leave you this morning with a line from a song written by one of my favorite songwriters who just happens to be a member of this very church. We are all saints. And the Lord our God is alive within our hearts. We are all saints. And with the Spirit's love, 
we will never, ever be apart. Thanks be to God. Amen.